0: Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is Isle of Basketball. I'm your host Sabrina Merchant, and I am joined today by Christian Rivas to talk about all things Lakers centers. You ready for this, Christian?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm. Am... There are a lot of them. Yeah. So I'm sure there will. There's a lot to talk about.
0: Well, I think first things first, we have to note that Lakers legend Damian Jones has now signed with the Sacramento Kings. I'm sure that's what you were thinking of that we were going to lead this thing off with.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you, you wrote a good story on, on Town Royalty about his fit or lack thereof in Sacramento. Um, he, I don't imagine he'll be as well-received as he was in Los Angeles, but, I mean, we'll see. We will see, I You guess. do you.
0: You do you, Dame. Get your own Dame time up there in Sacramento. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, Andre Drummond, uh, the Lakers' starting center for now, and presumably for the near future, now that Frank Vogel made it clear that Marcus Gasol's play has not changed his decision at all. Andre Drummond will be returning tomorrow against the Heat via his Instagram.
1: <laughs> Christian,
0: do you think that's a good decision to keep Drummond as the starting center?
1: No. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, the, the way Frank has talked about Andre Drummond and the way the Lakers have treated his arrival seems a lot like a team that promised a player a starting position in their free agency pitch to him. And generally speaking, I think that's bad practice. Uh, I think he'll be fine when LeBron James and Anthony Davis return, but you know, it's it's been said before, but it bears repeating. The Lakers were fine with Marcus all at center uh, when LeBron and AD were healthy, even dominant uh, by most metrics, but I, I think it's as long as he's in the rotation, I guess I don't mind.
0: Yeah, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, one of them is that I agree with you in that they probably should not have promised him a starting spot in their buyout pitch uh, because I, like you, also agree that Marcus All was perfectly fine at starting center. Downright excellent again when sharing the court with those two stars and just in my opinion, a whole lot more fun to watch than Andre Drummond. Yeah. Uh, Drummond, for all of his physical gifts, does not play like he has those physical gifts on offense. Like, if you're going to play like Damian Jones and catch Loves, you're going to win the hearts of Laker fans real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially being um, as big as he is. Especially like, being
0: as big as he is. Yeah. Like, I was just reading this piece on ESPN today uh, about the art of the alley-oop, right? But Mike Conley had a line where he said, You know, God bless him, Marcus all doesn't catch lobs. And it's like, Yeah, he does not catch <laughs> lobs. We all knew that. Uh, I don't know why we thought that was somehow going to change just because he was taking a role that was once occupied by JaVale McGee. Yeah. But I'm perfectly happy with the Marcus experience. I think he was downright wonderful against Toronto yesterday. If you want to hear more about that, the Taco Tuesday guys talked about that yesterday. Uh, he is an actual offensive initiator. Unlike Andre Drummond, which I think is of more importance, given the current setup of the Lakers, you know, without LeBron, without Anthony Davis, I know there was some belief that like, Hey, they need a guy who's actually going to score in the absence of those two players. And I kind of believe that argument, but watching Gasol over the past two games, I am more convinced that they actually just need a guy to create shots for other people Yeah. because, you know, Marky Morris play finisher, Kyle Kuzma play finisher. Uh, even like Wes Matthews, KCP play finishers. So you just need a guy who's going to be able to get them open, put them in comfortable spots. And that is much more a Mark Basol job than an Andre Drummond job. So I do not agree that Andre Drummond should be the center starting center. Um, I think it's great that they've been very upfront and, you know, clear about that decision-making process because ambiguity doesn't do anybody any good. So on the one hand, you know, kudos to the Lakers for good process, at least, even if I don't agree with the actual outcome of the decision, but yeah, Andre Drummond as a starter is kind of blah. Uh, I think he's going to have a tough time with Bam out of bio tomorrow or whoever the heat are starting at center these days. Is a Dwayne Dedman? Who knows?
1: <laughs> uh,
0: but one thing that I did find really interesting was that, you know, everybody said that, or Marcus all said that he had reassessed his position with the Lakers. Right. And, uh, you can take that to me whatever you want. Kyle Kuzma made it pretty clear what that meant when he tweeted last night, champion, glad you stayed, my dude. So apparently there was a chance that Marcus Gasol was not going to stay with the Lakers upon signing Andre Drummond, which, oh my gosh, what a terrible decision to sign Andre Drummond.
1: Yeah, that, ugh, that would have... Been very bad. Mm-hmm. I I would have hated the like. Right now, I'm in, indifferent about the Drummond signing. I would have hated the Drummond signing if it meant Gasol asking for a buyout. Not only because I like Gasol, but that's just generally bad roster construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you knew that signing somebody was going to lead to one of your other players leaving, um, given the options that are available right now, like Dwayne Dedman is the only other player I would have looked that and he just got souped up by the Miami Heat so uh yeah shout out to Kuz for yeah. like just telling Putting us it all out there yeah we we <laughs> didn't know that, that's an interesting way to find out that somebody on the Lakers was it looks like threatening to leave the team because uh his role diminished basically overnight I yeah well we'll see how Drummond looks I he's only played what 14 minutes for them, and the idea is that he'll look better alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's like I said before the Lakers signed Andre, Andre Drummond. If, if LeBron James and the Lakers can make a you know center rotation of Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee work in, in route to a championship, I'm sure Trez Drummond, Gasol, and, and AD will work just fine. It's just... It was, it's really a matter of did the Lakers need Andre Drummond? And if the answer is yes, did they need him in as big of a role as it seems they're promising him?
0: Yeah, I I don't think they did. Uh, I have to, you know, cop to being just a little bit wrong about how much they needed Andre Drummond because I thought that they just needed some more points in their starting lineup. And, Maybe uh, it was just clouded by the fact that Marc Gasol was recently coming back from COVID and he was taking some time to ramp up, obviously, like anybody would in that situation, but he has come along faster, I think, than I anticipated after the original first couple games were a little blah. Uh, It's almost like the Lakers had their eye on Drummond back when Gasol was out and didn't like to never account for the fact that like the team was going to be different when Gasol was back and they would not need Drummond anymore. Uh, I hate that they promised him a starting spot because it's pretty clear. They promised him a starting spot. I don't think that should be the case in the playoffs because he just doesn't fit next to LeBron and AD the way Mark does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to go over this. The Lakers didn't really play traditional centers during the playoffs last year, like Anthony Davis and Markeith Morris were hitting that position more often than not. And it, it worked out. Okay. And I think that's a scenario that the Lakers are going to go back to again this year. So again, how does Drummond fit into all that? I don't really know. And knowing that it created all of this drama internally is very frustrating, especially because, I mean, this is not entirely related, but I don't know if we talked about this, but it definitely got brought up on the pod during the off season when Laker fans were considering bringing back Pau Gasol for a reunion in his final season. And it's like, well, we kind of did pow dirty the first time around. We wouldn't want to, you know, ruin the relationship again, especially when it seems like he's on good terms with Genie and everybody all over again. And to do that to Mark after everything that happened to Pow, it just—it's not great.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, what's up with the Lakers and like for a franchise that's as known as well known for its legendary centers? I'm not saying. Well, actually I am saying Marc Gasol is a legendary center. Drafted by the Lakers. He is a yeah. homegrown talent. <laughs> but like Mark, Powell, Brooke Lopez, just players that have feel like they've been burnt by the Lakers, and you know, they, they do have strong cases, especially Mark, because you look at the situation that Marcus Gasol came into. This is a team that dumped their starting center from last season and chased him hard in free agency. Like it was very apparent that from day one, Marcus All was going to be the Lakers starting center. They signed him to be their starting center. And now midway through the season coming off of, you know, a positive COVID test that kept them sidelined for, you know, two, three weeks, might've even been a month. Um, to lose that position, I I would totally get Marcus All being angry enough to leave. I'm glad he didn't, but, um, I just think – and the other thing is how drastic his role change looks like it might be, going from being the team starting center to maybe not playing some games for no other reason than we brought in a new player that we think can start for us. And Frank has said that he's going to play Marcus All and Montrezl Harrell together. Uh, I don't think – Montras Harrell has played any minutes at power forward since maybe his rookie or sophomore year. It's been a little while, um, but we'll see how, we'll see how everything fits. I think, you know, with Drummond coming back on Thursday and Anthony Davis potentially coming back at the end of this road trip as, uh, you know, Mark Stein of the New York times reported in his, his latest newsletter with both of those things, hopefully on the horizon i think the lakers front court rotation is about to get very very interesting
0: yeah so just uh you know one thing on Montrez, he played a little power forward in his first season with the clippers so that would be his third season in the league and that was just a supremely imbalanced roster where like you know he's playing next to dj sometimes a little bit next to bobon um willie reed thrown in there like it's uh it was a Clipper team that did not make the playoffs, so that's why those names sound so unappetizing. <laughs> that's what the situation was, with Montrez. I mean, I guess technically you could classify him as the power forward when he plays next to Anthony Davis sometimes, depending on who he guards. I don't think it's entirely unrealistic to play him next to Marcus All. But again, not what either of them signed up for. And it's just gotta be so freaking frustrating for Mark to be like, the only thing I did wrong this whole season was get COVID when LeBron and AD got hurt, like that's it. (sighs) If you were expecting more from him than what he was providing at the beginning of the season, I think that's unrealistic because he's what, 36 years old. He's at a certain point in his career. I'm perfectly happy with the way he's played so far. Unfortunately, the Lakers were not, which is why we're in this stupid situation. (laughs) Um, But Andre Drummond is the center who will be in the starting lineup going forward. And after the break, we'll talk about what that could look like. So the Lakers get Miami in the next game of the road trip on Thursday. Uh, they'll be starting Schroeder, KCP, Kuzma, Keefe, and Andre Drummond. Defending champs, man. <laughs> That's a lineup. <laughs> like you said earlier, Drummond played only 14 minutes in his debut. About half of those came with a broken big toenail, which yikes. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of Drummond – either a continuation of what he did against Milwaukee, something different, like, what are you looking for?
1: Well, I'm hoping he can walk. Okay. I, too, have... Good start. I have uh, lost a big toenail. It is not a pretty sight. Uh, And I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to wear, like, a shoe when it happened. I was supposed to wear, like, open-toed shoes. I did not do that. It took Mm. a very long time to heal. Uh, So I'm hoping Andre Drummond learns from my mistakes. Dre, if you're listening to this, wear open-toed shoes. Um, the other thing I'm looking for is just, you know, general. The most impressive thing to me in his limited, and I mean extremely limited, debut was how willing of a passer he was. I don't know. I, I, I don't know for a fact that he's as good of a playmaker as Marcus All. Judging I by think I know for a I've fact that he's him. not <laughs> yes in his career I venture to say he's not um but the Lakers are a team that pride themselves on making the extra pass and it seems like he's ready to buy into that a lot less post-up situations for him would be ideal because I don't think he's a great post-up scorer and then uh rebounding is probably the best attribute he he brings to this team uh the guys at Alex and Alex, whose names are Alex and Alex, a little behind the curtain, behind the scenes of how that show was named. Uh, they brought on Chris Herring to discuss the art of rebounding. I thought that was a really good conversation. And, you know, another reason why I'm not super high on Andre Drummond in 2021. But, you know, for, for a team that gets as hot and cold from three as the Lakers do, and just have shots clankety-clanking off the rim, I think Andre Drummond has some value. That is my baseline expectations. Anything more than that would be just fine. But I'm also hoping Lakers don't need anything more than that from him, because if they do, that is not good.
0: Yeah, I thought he was pretty decent defensively in that first game, which... I mean, apparently it's come to the point where Frank Vogel can put like you or me on the court and we play decent defense <laughs> in this Lakers system. So good, good for Frank, uh, good for the Lakers. I thought, I thought Drummond looked good on that end and that's not an easy offense that he had to go up against, you know, Milwaukee. And that first game is one of the best offenses in the league. You've got Giannis, just this freight train running after you all the time. It's, I thought he showed out pretty decently. Um, Miami is a different sort of threat, right? They've got a little more space. They're starting Duncan Robinson, Oladipo, Butler, Ariza, and Bam right now. A lot of players the Lakers have at one point been linked to, which I feel like is every roster in the league this one. Yeah. But uh, so you know that that Andre Drummond Bam matchup is pretty interesting to me because Bam is not like a back to basket kind of center, right? I'm not maybe he's a little bit smaller. You think like we gotta make sure that Andre doesn't get into the belief that he can just back him down and, you know, post up and score because that doesn't appear to work for him as well as you would like it to. Uh, I am curious to see if his conditioning gets any better because the one play that really sticks out to me from the Milwaukee game was when Schroeder lobbed it up for him and he just didn't have the legs to get up for the finish. And is that because he hasn't played since February or is that because he's Andre Drummond and he's a little bit more groundbound than you would come to expect because of his physical tools. I don't know yet. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if that vertical spacing becomes part of his arsenal, then all of a sudden, I'm a lot more excited about the Andre Drummond experience.
1: Yeah, it's weird going from the Damian Jones experience straight into the Andre Drummond experience because Damian Jones can fit into Andre Drummond like a like a suit, like you yeah. know you know those inflatable suits you wear during Halloween. Yeah, you know, like yeah. some people have the dinosaurs. That's what Andre Drummond is. Uh, The only problem is he doesn't jump as high as Damian Jones, uh, which I thought personally was what the Lakers were coveting and whatever center option they brought in. Somebody that can be a lob threat because I think as, you know, somebody that watches the Lakers as often as you and I do, that lob threat when compared to last season is one of the few dynamics that we're missing from the Lakers offense this season. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Andre Drummond is going to bring that as often as JaVale or Dwight did. Um, Again, my guess is he won't. Uh, But we've seen, uh, like you said, uh, Frank Vogel turn Damian Jones into a... like. Damian Jones was not on a roster. Now he's getting a 10-day from the Sacramento Kings because Frank Vogel made him look like a god in his system. Mm -hmm. Roy Hibbert was an all-star under Frank Vogel. Just put that into perspective, um, but yeah, I th- my whole thing with the Lakers signing Drummond was whoever the Lakers sign in the buyout market isn't going to play heavy minutes because the Lakers already have a perfectly fine center rotation of Marc Gasol and Montrezl Harrell. That's why I tweeted things like I hope that the that another team signs Andre Drummond just with so the Lakers are forced to turn their attention to Gorgie Jane. That did not happen. The Lakers signed Andre Drummond, and he is their starting center. For his career, Andre Drummond has averaged, I believe, a little over 30 minutes per game. Frank Vogel keeps using the word starters minutes. I don't know if he means Andre Drummond starters minutes or JaVale McGee, Mark Gasol starters minutes. I hope it's the latter, but something tells me it's going to be the former. And for all that has been made about Marc Gasol's role in the rotation, Marc Gasol isn't the only player that's going to suffer as a result of Andre Drummond soaking up all those minutes. You got Marquise Morris, who has played tremendously since Anthony Davis has been out. Very, very good. Kyle Kuzma, who I think is going to get minutes regardless. Uh, But when AD returns, when Drummond gets fully acclimated, where are the minutes coming from? Wesley Matthews looks like he's re- ready to play basketball again. Where, where do his minutes come from if Kyle Kuzma is going to slide all of his minutes over to the three? These are things I think about. <laughs> These are things I've thought about since Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. And uh, it's uh, more than how Andre Drummond looks on the court. I think how he affects the rotation is what I am most interested in personally.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You'd think having fifteen roster spots would just give you more options and more more things to play with, you know, when you're trying to construct a rotation. And it feels like it just creates a lot of problems, you know. (laughs) Like, I uh, I hate to bring the Clippers into this because I always bring the Clippers into this, but like they've got all these guard (laughs) problems now, you know, now that Rondo's back and Pat Bev is back, and how do you find minutes for Raj Jackson and Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard and everybody there? And we're seeing a similar situation with the Lakers prop up in that yeah like I, I think Marquise Morris has been wonderful uh I've been meaning to write about him actually because he kind of looked a little lost at the start of the season and all of the jokes that we made about like oh did we get the better twin for the minimum than the Clippers got for 16 million a year like those are mis misguided they were yeah. jokes you know whatever <laughs> I'm not saying that he should be starting for a you know championship contender but Marquise Morris looks good he just fits his role he's smart he uh rebounds the ball well he's just in the right place whenever you want him to be uh, very very pleased with Marquis morris and we saw that this wasn't the case with him at the start of the season when his minutes were a little bit more inconsistent and whether that's because he was coming off of the shortest offseason nba history or because he just needs a little bit more rhythm i don't know i hope that it's because he was coming off the shortest off-season because he's not <laughs> going to get the same rhythm that he's getting now right uh, lord knows he didn't reassign to be the starting power forward so at least he's not coming in with that expectation like 82 but uh, yeah it's it's going to be really really strange to see how the lakers divvy up all these minutes we might be coming you know it might have to be like what frank did with wes and marquise earlier in the year where he just told them like hey for the next six days you're just not going to be playing and it's one thing to do that to jared dudley uh because homeboy doesn't have any expectation of minutes at this point in his career <laughs> but it's quite another thing to do that to you know Mark Gasol and Andre Drummond or whoever that happens to be you know in that case I, I just I couldn't help but laugh at the starters minutes comments that you made because like having watched Montrez Harold for the last three years like whoever starts in front of him does not get starters minutes <laughs> like Montrez and Harold yeah. is going to be getting his 30 minutes
1: like, like that's a crazy thing to me like <laughs> In this dream scenario that Frank Vogel has made up, where yeah. he plays
0: Andre all three Drummond, of Drummond
1: Gasol, and Trez, what? How do you play Trez his regular minutes and Drummond his starters minutes while finding time for Gasol, Marquis, and Kuzma? You don't. Yeah. You really the, yeah, that's the answer. Are you, you playing not.
0: triple overtime games every day?
1: <laughs> did, did the NBA uh, is the NBA planning to expand its rosters to six players uh on the court at one time? Oh, Does I forgot the quarters we were
0: extended to fifteen minutes per. That's what.
1: It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't want to sound too harsh on the Drummond signing because mm-hmm. I think he will be perfectly fine. I don't think he is a bad basketball player, like a lot of people. Seem to think he was when the Lakers signed him. I do want to say the Cavaliers did not want him. Uh, they decided that the center rotation they had currently was better than re-signing him. Cause I'm sure they had the ability to, I'm sure Jared Allen entering the picture changed that a bit. But if you're an all-star, if you're being advertised as, as an all-star center, who, uh, who was it? Chris Haynes on TNT, so it could change the landscape of the league. Oh yeah, by him and Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> if that's how you're being advertised, typically you're not the type of player to get bought out because Jared Allen, who I think is a good player, is now on your roster.
0: And I mean, JaVale McGee was taking backup minutes in front of Andre Drummond.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. So I, I think Andre Drummond will be fine. I'm tempering my expectations. I wish his role was a lot smaller than it is going to be, but at the very least, I think he gives the Lakers a more athletic option than Marc Gasol. He has crazy active hands on defense, uh, led the league in total steals, steals per game. uh, Not total
0: steals, maybe steals per game.
1: A few times in his career, and uh, obviously is a rebounding machine. So, you know, let's hope he's good. I wish, (laughs) I wish he was uh, in in a smaller role. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like we keep saying that's all we're going to say. And then 26 minutes later, here we are still talking about. (laughs) It's just funny because the Lakers last year, I think top to bottom, were probably less talented than they are now. It's just, there were no chemistry concerns, basically the entire season. And that's, that's a rarity right? Like even a year before that, 2018, 19, you know, you've got Javel McGee being upset that it Zubac is eating up his minutes and that leads to a disastrous trade. And now we have another, you know, center competition that apparently led to Marcus All almost wanting out. So it's not as simple as like Andre Drummond is the most talented player to ever change teams at the buyout deadline. Like he might be mm-hmm. quite possible. He's, very much in the prime of his career is 27 years old. He's not that far removed from being a two-time all-star. When you have the opportunity to get a guy like that, I understand everything the Lakers were saying. Like he makes your team more talented, undoubtedly. But this isn't like NBA 2K, right? (laughs) Like these interpersonal things matter. And it's almost like after a year of just pure bliss the entire season, the Lakers forgot that like, oh yeah, you can't just stack three centers on top of one another and like have them play together. It doesn't work that way. And maybe we forgot a little bit too, because, you know, we get in our Jersey swap fetishes and we just start accumulating (laughs) players. And it's, it's tricky to like, forget that it's tricky to remember that, you know, these, these things have consequences. There's like ripple effects of every decision you make. And thankfully the Lakers did not, you know, suffer the worst consequences of Mark deciding not to play here anymore, but I don't think we're out of the water yet by any stretch of the imagination. Like this could, this could go in a lot of different directions and I don't know how it's going to play out. And I don't want to say that I'm concerned because like, if I had known how Marcus saw was feeling before that coups tweet, maybe I would have been concerned, (laughs) but at the, at the present moment, I want to trust Frank to figure this out. I just, I don't love it.
1: I don't. It's like the, the ads in the bubble. It's a whole new game for the <laughs> Lakers this season. Because you look at the roster from last season. I, I've, I've talked about this a lot. Or I, I talked about it a lot leading up to the season. From an on-the-court perspective, the thing that concerns me about this year's Lakers roster compared to last year's roster is that there's much more variance in what you can expect from the players on the roster. Like, you knew for the most part what to expect from... Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, guys like that, guys that could only play their role uh, in order to have a job in the NBA. Um, knowing that they're reliable and are, are always going to play their role, role, I think had an underrated or was an underrated aspect of, of the team's construction last year. Uh, this year, I think you have more, variance with Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell like we've seen a lot with Dennis Schroeder this season there are going to be some nights he shows up some nights he's going to be invisible on on both ends of the floor what I didn't take into account and what I think you make a good point of is this season you also have guys that expect more than anybody else did last season because you know Dwight Howard was i don't want to say almost out of the league but he's i think you were correct in
0: saying he was contract the yeah. for the
1: lakers um uh, sorry my dog is just scratching my bed for no reason <laughs> he can't i i usually have him locked out of the room but he is nobody's home right now and i don't want him wandering around the house so if you hear anything in the background i don't think you can but if you can that is my dog uh but yeah dwight howard almost out of the league avery bradley Almost out of the league, like had a d- pretty disastrous run with the Pistons and Clippers and had a decent run with the Grizzlies. But I again, another guy who if he hadn't had his his little run with the Lakers, I don't know where his standing in the NBA would be just a lot of the guys who had no choice but to play the roles they did. Dwight Howard really had no room to complain about sitting multiple playoff games. Um, the guys on this year's roster do, like whether or not they actually do, is up to them. But they they have legitimate cases that nobody else on the roster did last season.
0: Yeah, Dennis Schroder is playing for a new contract. He's made that very clear that he's not signing a new one until the summer. Um, Montres Harrell theoretically playing for a new contract. Alex Caruso playing for a new contract. Uh, like Taylor Norton Tucker is going to be restricted free agent this off season. Uh, there is a lot at stake for some of these guys individually. And I don't blame them, you know, for thinking of that. I'm not going to say more than the team, but like in addition to the team construct, because this is their futures, right? Like it depends on how well they play, how much they sign for their next deals. And like, it's important. I don't blame them for wanting to show out and be good enough to earn big deals this summer because yeah, like, you know, the, the championship glow is great and everything, but like Dwight Howard, you know, proved that he could play on the Lakers. What did that get him a minimum deal with Philadelphia? Um, KCP proved that he could be a you know a good role player on a championship team. His contract is still less than like the first one he signed with the Lakers. Right. So yeah, they have individual goals to look out for. And that makes this team a little bit more, a little bit different, like you said, than the motivations of last year's group. And that's fine. I think that those can all be harnessed into something that's really great. Like for individual stretches of the season, the Lakers have looked really, really great. Mm. Without Andre Drummond, without Damian Jones. like Why they thought that that wasn't enough is beyond me. God, I, I got to just get out of this headspace. It's, it's not not fair to Andre Drummond because he seems like a perfectly nice guy who just yeah. had his toenail taken off and <laughs> just, just trying to, you know, do good things for the Lakers. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm actually really interested to see what what it looks like because, again, he is a two-time All-Star, supremely talented individual there's got to be something that they saw other than we've signed a big name to the Lakers. Like that's not something I think that this team would do. So we haven't had a chance to see what that is yet. We haven't had a chance to see why they want to drum in so badly. And I just have to believe that there is a reason beyond like Andre Drummond, two-time all-star signs with the Lakers.
1: Yeah. Frank Vogel knows something. He's the center whisperer and he's mm-hmm. like, he something that Andre Drummond has done throughout his career. Frank's like, all right, well, nobody's noticed it yet. I'm going to like tap into his brain, like Vision and Wandavision. <laughs> he like wakes people up from whatever right. spell they're in. Uh, I hope that's the case. Again, Roy Hibbert was an All Star under uh, Frank Vogel. I understand it was a different league, but uh, the Lakers have like the second or third best defense in the NBA since LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been out. Anthony Davis who finished second in defensive player of the year voting last year. Um, so, yeah. I, and we'll get a chance to see what he looks like. Looks, It sounds like he's going to play on Thursday against the Heat. Starters, Hopefully minutes. he's <laughs> years clear of any injuries or, you know, any other toenails uh, in the meantime. Because until he gets settled into the rotation and uh, until Frank has an idea of where – gasol and these other guys fit around drummond which is a sentence to be saying in 2021 (laughs) where your team fits around andre drummond um we're not we're really gonna i think have the same complaints and conversations we're having right now
0: all right so just before we head out we've got four games left on this road trip miami brooklyn york and charlotte what is your projected record for the remainder of this trip christian
1: Well, I it sucks (laughs) because the the Nets were going to have just Kyrie because James Harden has been ruled out for, I think, two weeks Mm -hmm. with whatever injury he suffered. I was like, okay, well, maybe the Lakers get a break in their schedule playing just Kyrie, which is still a challenge. Kyrie's still going to be the best
0: player on the court. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then Kevin Durant's like, what if I came back this weekend? It's like tag. <laughs> yeah. Would that be good? Could I, I, it's like, it's like when we're coordinating days off at work, it's like, are you going to be off then? And then I can come back. And um, so, yeah, that's going to suck. If Kevin Durant looks as good as he's looked at the beginning of the season, Charlotte and New York, I think are pretty winnable games um, because especially Charlotte, their front court is so thin. Like, so outside of Cody Zeller, their options at center are bleak. And LaMelo is going to be out for God knows how long. So I think Charlotte's a winnable game. I think New York is probably a winnable game if Julius Randle doesn't have a revenge game. Uh, Miami is the toss-up for me because I don't think they have peaked yet. I Mm -hmm. I think they're finding something, but they haven't found it yet.
0: So. I'm hearing two and a half and one and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I want, let's, let's say two and two to play it on the safe side.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was going to go one and three.
1: Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, and that yeah. is complete. What, what What's their only win Charlotte?
0: <laughs> I was going to say the Knicks.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Huh. Just, uh, Actually, more- it's tricky because I do think that this current Laker team is better against teams that don't play defense. Mm-hmm. Um, So New York is probably not the pick, actually, because even without LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think we put this up on silver screen roll the other day, like their defense has improved in the absence of those two guys. So you put up a talented offense like Miami, I still think we can stop them. It's just we cannot score against anybody. Literally nobody. Um, Toronto was missing six players yesterday.
1: And Sacramento has like a historically bad defense. Correct.
0: Historically bad defense. (laughs) So... It's got to be a bad defense that the Lakers squeak out a win against. So maybe it's Brooklyn. (laughs) Who knows?
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you're putting Blake and LaMarcus on Trez and this idealized version of Drummond, I think the Lakers got to feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm going one and three. I think somewhere a win will materialize. But, you know, we'll see how it goes.
1: That is the least committal prediction I've ever heard. (laughs) Somewhere, it's one and three. The Lakers will win one somewhere. Yes, I like stand
0: it. by it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That has been our show. This is Island of Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen World podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you want to listen to your podcasts. We're on Monday through Friday. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Miami Heat game, which may or may not result in a win. <laughs> <I can't>.
1: Maybe. <laughs>